What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of Household and Homestead. I'm Pastor Stewart, and this is... Pastor Brandon. Happy to be Welcome. with you guys. All kinds of things going on this week. This week we're going to take a, a little bit of time, well, obviously the whole show, actually. The whole show. And kind of talk about current events. We don't normally hit current events too often, but uh, this kind of can't be ignored. Current state of the union, I would say. Yeah. I, I, we like to make our own news around here, but, um, well, you know, it's inevitable at this point. Sure, sure. And it's good. It's a good opportunity. We'll seize the moment. Yeah. Why not so. get in there and have some conversations? What? So what? you got any highlights or anything like that, stuff that's been Yeah, a lot of stuff happening this week. Um, before we jump into our main uh, talk today, you know, mainly want to talk today about talking to your kids about... The stuff that's going on in our nation. Right. Talking to your kids about race and politics and et cetera, et cetera. That's a terrifying subject for a lot of parents, especially oh, yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. Probably oh, yeah. scared of mishandling it or not knowing the right thing to say. or Yeah, and, and and we're still trying to learn how to do this as well. So Absolutely. we'll get into that some today. Um, but, yeah, some highlights from this week. Uh, one of the highlights I thought was uh, fascinating was um, a, a scene that I, I noticed between um, some uh, protesters and I, I think these were genuine, peaceful protesters. They weren't um, looters or rioters or anything like that. Mm -hmm. These were people uh, peacefully protesting. And the police. And a pastor had um, orchestrated this sort of this public uh, symbolic display. And he had the, um, the uh, protesters <clears throat> and the police officers kneel together in like one big uh, massive demonstration of uh, solidarity, of, of love for one another. Huh. It was wow. a it was a really a moving experience, something uh, amazing to see. And the best thing about it is this pastor refuses to be um, acknowledged. Nobody even knows who he is. Like I'm sure someone could figure it out. Sure, but uh, he didn't want to be put on camera. He he's not trying to you know uh, run the circuit. He's not trying to capitalize he's not or looking exploit to book the situation. His no, no. I mean, this seems like a great guy. Um, that was that was cool. That was um, encouraging. That's cool. That's um, super cool. Another thing that I, I, you know, I have mixed emotions about, but I, you know, I believe in Jesus, and I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. and He can do as He wills, uh, like the wind that blows. He blows wherever He wishes, and so the um, recently, and our, our, some of our listeners are just going to um, freak out about this. Okay. Some of them are going to throw up in their mouths. Um, and and others are going to don the cheerleading outfit outfits and just start liking our show like over and over again. Um, so I'm not I'm I'm not trying to say too much about this. It's just very interesting to me that as um, cities, um, these big urban cities were burning to the ground and um, looting and and thievery and all sorts of lawless, lawlessness was breaking out. And then alongside of that, peaceful protesting and it was. Um, it, Donald Trump, the, our president, mm -hmm. he he um, walked out of the, uh, you know, the sort of like the cordoned off area mm -hmm. of the White House, and he went and stood in front of a church that was burning, <clears throat> and he just stood there and held up his Bible, um, or a Bible. He he clarified that it was a Bible, a Bible, and not necessarily his Bible. I don't know. You know uh, what does that mean? Well, did he, did he explain it at all, or it was just a uh, maybe action? some of our listeners have some some uh, passionate thoughts about what that means. But I just I want to acknowledge his past. I don't want to be a blind. I don't want to be a sucker. Right, right. But I also want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in the heart of someone. If President Obama or anyone walked and held a Bible up, I would want to at least consider that perhaps the Lord is, is working. Something's happening. Uh, Maybe perhaps something's it's a political happening. play. It could be, sure. I mean, certainly. That is, our nation is, uh, has a long history of people uh, using the Bible as a, a political ploy, yeah. um, as a political you know, object. But I don't Absolutely. know. I don't know. I just, at least he has a Bible near him. That's something. I mean, the, the king in uh, Deuteronomy was called to take up the law of God and to read it and implement it. Mm -hmm. I mean, what if he, what if in all of this stress and all of this uh, chaos, what if he like, it's opening it up and reading it? Well, could you imagine being the president of a country in the current state that we're in right now? I would be terrified. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's sad when Christians hate someone so much that they can't even at least 
push the pause button and wonder if God might move. Mm. You know, they hate someone so much they can't even pray for their salvation. Mm. That was true when President Obama was president. There were Christians sure. who hated him so much they couldn't even pray for his salvation. Mm. And it's still true to this day. Um, I, I I hate to see that. But, I mean, what I would love to see is he begins to, maybe he opens up his Bible, the Holy Spirit moves, and and then he, like, publicly rebukes Paula White and just sends her out of the cabinet in just like this, uh, you know, public display of rebuke and mm. rejection. You know, Paula White, one of his oh, yeah. religious cabinet members, total apostate, false teacher. Right. Um, he, if, if he would like publicly confess his, his uh, fealty to Christ, um, repent, you know, start, sh- shut down all the casinos, you know what I mean? Repudiate all of his past adulteries and his vulgar mouth and all of these things. Mm. I mean, come on. Now how, we're talking. Come on, now how some, cool would that be? Absolutely. Like, God's Absolutely. not a perfectionist. He doesn't make us angels overnight. Sure. I mean, but if, if there would be, like, some fruits of repentance and public confession and fealty to Christ. That's right. And then public um, displays of repentance. Right. Which holding up a Bible at a scene is not. No. You should say no. that. No, of course, that could just be, probably is just optics. Sure. But there is something about that that it's makes close, us... It's close, though. I mean, it's right there. His brain's right. here. The Bible's here. I mean, <laughs> this, that, I want to have some hope, That man. makes us look at it. At least at least there's something happening that perks our interest and says, maybe, maybe, something, maybe something is happening. That's... Well, it's either revival or bust. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're it's, not wrong. You're not wrong. So I and I, I really do I believe the Lord, though I do believe he's judging our nation, I believe he loves loves us. I, sure. believe, I, I don't believe Absolutely. that the Lord is just um desiring for the billions of people on earth just to go into hell. Right. I I have to hold out the possibility that there might be revival that surprises us all. Right. Um and I mean, the, the stage is being set for it. Good Revivals grief. oftentimes come on the back end of, of societal chaos. Right. And when, we're in when it. people's idols disappoint them and they finally realize that they're not going to, those checks didn't cash. Right. Um, sometimes they turn to Christ. And so the, the church has got to be ready, ready yeah. with a, an alternative, ready with an answer. So that's been exciting for me. Um, but let's get into mm-hmm. our story. Let's yeah. get into our topic talking to your kids about. What's going on in our nation? Mm. We have some folks joining us this morning. Absolutely. We've got a great crowd. Oh, we got 230,000 <laughs> viewers. <laughs> wow. That's Welcome, amazing. guys. But 24 is pretty good. I, I hope they stick with us here. This is one of the benefits of um, riding the news cycle is you get free marketing. You get sort of free publicity. <laughs> People watch you more often. Pay a little bit more attention talking about things that are happening. That's true. That's Instead true. of just like... Dehorning cows. Yeah, what we want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so my family and I, after um, worshiping the Lord on the Lord's Day, um, as is, side note, required by Scripture. Ooh. um, (laughs) Just going to put that out Regardless of what um, the government may or may not say, we have the right, and we assembled, and we worship, and the Lord is worthy. Amen. So we loaded up our van after church, and we were driving away, and we we went through uh, Johnson Street. And there were the um, protests. And uh, so my kids are like, what is going on? Talking about in Lafayette. In Lafayette, Lafayette, yeah. Johnson Street protests are out there. My kids are not on social media, obviously. Right. That's a good household and homestead lesson. There you go. Um, They do not have just, you know, their personal iPhones where they're just hitting up their friends. Right. No, 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 no. We maintain uh, um, total control over who their friends are. Right. And what influences them. But um, they don't have social media. They don't know what's happening necessarily, not on the same level. Mm-hmm. They saw these uh, people out on the street or kind of on the, on the edges of the street. So, Daddy, what's going on? Now, the, the only time they've ever seen this before is in pro-life uh, demonstrations. Mm. So we've gone every yeah. year we go to the pro-life march in Baton Rouge. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So every life we go to the pro-life uh, march. Yeah. So they've seen that. Um, and, but one year we went and there were some anti-protesters and they mm. were there and they were vile. I mean, gross, vile, screaming profanities, um, doing, you know, perverted, lewd gestures mm. and all of these things. And I, and I made sure to walk my children over to that um, side of the, of so the they protest could see it. so they could experience a little bit um, at a safe distance sure. of the kingdom of darkness. Um, and so well, I remember one of my kids just started crying 
was like emotionally upsetting for her. Wow. So they, that's kind of what they've seen as far as uh, secular protests and whatnot. But this, I, I would be happy to say that as we drove through on Johnson Street, um, everything was peaceful. Um, you know, nobody threw themselves out in front of the vehicle. Nobody was trying to stop traffic. Nobody was even jaywalking, honestly. Everyone was playing by the rules, um, being peaceful, and we got to be uh, happy about that. Yeah, um, for sure. I can't, uh, I probably disagree with everyone present on multiple levels as to what the problems are and the solutions. Sure. Um, but we're in, uh, we're kind of married together in this nation. We're, we have a covenant, common covenant with them. Uh, we all are um, to be held accountable to the laws of the land, to the Constitution. And one of the ways we address grievances is through peaceful protest, through uh, speaking out, right. right of assembly, right of free speech. Everybody gets to, to uh, partake in the political process. Everyone mm-hmm. gets to vote. And that's mm-hmm. what they were doing. They were exercising their rights. And I'm, I'm happy to see that in Lafayette, um, folks uh, were exercising some self-government. They were allowed to assemble? Absolutely. Allowed yeah. to assemble. Um, they didn't even, no one even stopped them for social distancing laws or anything like that. Um, so it was good. I thought all of that was good. I see you're busy over there with the commenters. Um, <laughs> are we having some, uh, no, everything's going good so far. We got good engagement. Folks are watching, listening. How's the feed? Is the feed staying, uh, we are, we are live. straight and true. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Yeah, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this. You know, we're driving through this uh, protest and my kid and my kids are like, what's going on, daddy? Um, what's up with this? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so complex. There's there's so many like moving parts. Yeah. How do you even know where to start talking about it? You so what'd you the, say? Those little diagrams on Facebook where it's like it makes one statement, another statement, another statement in a big circle, and it puts you right in the middle, and it's like it's okay to. But you can actually believe all of these things at the same time. Mm-hmm. You ever seen those yeah. little diagrams? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, how do I, do, how do I explain all of this to my child? Right. Um, right. goes to show you the importance of having a Christian education. Yeah, no like, doubt. You don't, you don't build you this worldview with your kids. Going to a solid church. Importance of going to a solid church. Right. You need every minute of every day Yeah. if you're going to be able to teach all of this. Right. Most people in churches don't even know how to make sense of any of this. Because a lot of, well... Most we talk about this a lot, but I feel like a lot of churches, the rule is don't talk about anything that could be controversial, ever. Oh, absolutely. You know I mean? And so these things are, especially in South Louisiana, Acadiana, we don't deal with issues that I've seen in the last, you know, 10 years that we've lived here. That's sort of the, the rule of thumb is, that's the marketing rule of thumb. Right. Is just stay vague and only address things that pull well. Um, and then, you know, when you that's find right. out the way the polls are, are working, you know, do some uh, some virtue signaling. That's or exactly right. It's going to be hard for churches to make the transition um, into getting serious. How would they make it? I hope they do it. I hope they do it. So, well, so how do we discuss all of this with our kids? I think we got to start with the basics at least. Okay. You know, and I'm going to say we start with this. And this is opinion. There's a lot of places to start. Okay. But I think where we start is in what the Bible calls the Imago Dei. The image of God. Yeah, you know, the image of God. Mm. Um, that all men um, have an innate dignity, um, having been born in Adam, mm-hmm. created in the image of God. I think that's where we start. Step that's one. simple. That's not hard. That's not hard. Okay. Um, you know, we're not talking about intersectionality or the two-party political system. I mean, there's, we don't need to talk about all that just yet. They need to go to a good school. They need to go to a Christian college. Mm-hmm. They're going to get these things. But you've got to start with the basics, and that is um, value is not determined. Um, value is innately given to man. Mm. You know, um, value is not even earned. Value is innate. Mm. Um, each and every individual is created in the image of God. Right. You're not worth more because you have a better job. You're not worth less because you don't have a great job. Right. Or rejected by your family or whatever. And, and the Bible condemns all forms of uh, partiality mm. or the esteeming of one over the other, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it be for class or for race or for whatever reason. Um, now, this is big, okay? The reason why we have to make this point is because in the history of our nation, secularism and various uh, scientific racism theories mm-hmm. um, have dominated sort of the, uh, the news cycle for over 100 years, 100, 200 years. Mm. I mean, it wasn't long ago in our nation that people were measuring skulls 
to determine, you know, uh, species origins. Wow. The science of phrenology. Right. Or um, it wasn't that long ago that in the Bronx Zoo, there was an African pygmy placed in the zoo in the Bronx. What? Yeah. See, see, unfortunately, this is the thing. Unfortunately, there is a game being played, and that is that the Bible Belt is responsible for all the evils in our society. Okay. And anyone who looks like they might be from the Bible Belt is the actual cancer. Um, the Christians have always been um, blamed for the destruction of societies. The Christians were blamed for the burning of Rome. Hmm. Right? It's all just it's part of the game of the kingdom of darkness. Hmm. But our society as a whole, north and south, east and west, has swallowed the lie of Darwinistic secularism. Mm-hmm. That man evolved from animals, and the logical conclusion is that some are more evolved than others. This is the foundation of uh, the idea that Native Americans are savages, mm-hmm. or that Africans are of less um, dignity or a less of a human species. Mm-hmm. You know, so our nation has this history of of being in bed with secularism, Darwinistic secularism, um, humanism, naturalism. You, I mean, think of this. How long ago was it where they were forcefully sterilizing people in California? It was not long at all. It was not long ago. <clears throat> you think of the various concentration camps for Asians during um, World War II? Mm-hmm. We can go, the, the, uh, the Margaret Sanger policies mm. of genocide, of euthanasia, and even you think of abortion these in, in today's society. Right. Um, secularism, Darwinism, various forms of humanism have always taught have always taught that there is some species of human more valuable than others. Hmm. This was a belief in ancient Rome, in ancient Greece. It's always been this way, and this is a part of our nation's history. Mm-hmm. Played um, itself out in Nazism. Yes. Whenever abortion, the third right, and, was and the slavery issue. Uh, a careful examination of the slavery issue in America shows hmm. that a case was made that Africans were of a less species. And in fact, compared with animals, the same is true for why, in general, the population did not want Indians to live where they lived and sent them off to federal owned lands in the middle of nowhere called reservations. Mm. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here, but get this, Christians and Christianity and the Bible and Jesus is not the source of um, devaluing human life. Amen. Now, Christians often think like secularists. Hmm. That's true. You can watch the news today and see. Christians have always um, been carnal in their thinking and have not always taken on the mind of Christ. But the, but the fundamental basics of Christianity mm-hmm. is the imago Dei of all men. Okay. You see, if you're an atheist or a secularist or a humanist... You don't have that place to start. Yeah. If you want to be true to your teachings then you should believe in superiority of some over others. Survival of the fittest, hmm. right? Um, and Hitler is a perfect example of a Darwinist who took his conclusions to their logical end. Hmm. Right? But if you are a Christian and you are going to be sh- true to your fundamentals, you need to teach yourself and your kids the Imago Dei in all humans, all who are born of Adam. Amen, Amen. listeners? Amen. That's a tough pill to swallow. Some people are just drunk on the blaming the Bible Belt for everything, so they're not going to like this. Mm. But um, I can assure you, while the Bible Belt has its sins, it's because they're not being true to the Bible. Right. When secularism has its sins, it's because it's being true to secularism. Mm. It's being true to humanism and to the theories of evolution. If, uh, let me just put it out. If the church would not have rejected Genesis... I don't think we'd be in this mess. Mm. But the church rejected Genesis... And they took in its place various other theories. They swallowed the secularist lie, the enlightenment lie of Mm. men like Locke and Rousseau. And as a result, now the church is being blamed for many of these things. So get back to the basics, to the fundamentals. Teach your kids the Imago Dei. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. here's Here's a simple way to put it. There are no races. Ooh, but two. Say that again. That's going to be hard for a lot of people to okay. Even, we'll like, we'll, we'll take this slower. Yeah, there's just, no races. Let's let's wade into this one. There's no races, but there are two. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we got to say what a race is, though, right? Yeah. Be oh, able to give people the right well, tools. All men are born of Adam. Boom. The differences are cultural and tiny, tiny fraction biological. Mm-hmm. I mean, but all uh, men come from one man. All Adam. people come from Adam. Period. That's right. Which there's means one human race. That's it. There's not which, races. Which means, you see, the idea of race is secular. It's humanist. That's it comes right. from the rejection of Genesis. It comes from the church um, swallowing the pill of humanism and, you know, in order to be accepted by the, en- the Enlightenment elites or whatever. Right. Right? Um, but race is a social construct. The, <laughs> the funny thing is that gender is a real thing. You know, there's two genders. Right. Created by God, male and female. We're trying to get rid of that. See, what does the world do? Gender is a social construct. Mm. Race is not. No, that's the exact opposite of what is true. Right. It's it's irrational. Racism is irrational in the sense that you're you're hating your brother. Right. You're you're hating one of your kind. The only way that racism exists is if you agree (laughs) with the secularist theory that we are all... You know, that's, from monkeys. And that's why it's dest- <laughs> well, degrees of involvement. Yeah, so it becomes self-destructive, societally destructive. But it is true that there are two atoms. There is Adam, and in Adam we all fall. Mm. But then there's the second Adam, who, by the power of the Spirit, is forming a new race, a new humanity. The second Adam, who is? Christ. That's right. So Amen. in some sense, there is no races, mm-hmm. but in another sense, there is two races, Adam and Christ. And we see that throughout the Bible, the seeds of the serpent against the seeds of the woman from the beginning of the fall all the way up to now. So when we're talking to our kids about folks like us, people like us, quote, we, right? Mm -hmm. When we're preaching our sermons and we're talking about we, folks like us, our peoples, Mm. We had better be talking about Christians. Amen. And not people who share our tiny fraction of biological differences. Not They don't share our melanin. As parents, we have got to rewire what is probably natural in the heart of a child. I mean, they see people look different, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We have to rewire that and say, they, they might look slightly different than you. But in reality, they're with us because we're the Christians. Mm-hmm. Like That is something you have to build in the worldview of your children. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly teaching that to my children. When, when we drive through uh, New Orleans and you see all the rainbow flags mm-hmm. um, hanging on the streets, you know. It's or all when about dri- the Noahic Covenant. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're driving through uh, various uh, protests, when you're discussing anything, you know, even to the point of when my, when my children see like a transvestite or something like that, I'm always careful to say, we're Christians. God created male, female. They're not a Christian. Mm. You know, that they're, they are, they're lost. They need Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we always want to make sure our kids are building this worldview that they identify with the church mm. and not with some sort, some sort of, quote, Race, uh, uh, the social construct of race. Mm, mm. Now, if, if your kids are in government education, that's all they're going to think about. You're going to be in trouble. If, if they're constantly under the teachings of identity politics, mm. if they're constantly under the teachings of cultural Marxism or intersectionality mm-hmm. or any of other humanistic progressive things or evolution, mm-hmm. all they're going to be able to think of is in the social constructs of race. Right. Meanwhile, the actual... Um, differences of gender are going to be collapsed. Right. This this right. kingdom of Satan is rebelling against God's order. Right. And we have to make sure our children are getting a biblical worldview as it pertains to how you know humans are designed and built. Amen. Amen. Um, I'll add this: um, if you have diversity in your local church, I mean, it's a great blessing. It we shouldn't take it for granted. For sure, it's rare. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's not an South. ultimate virtue. Like you might live in Norway where you're not going to be able to enjoy that <laughs> blessing. Right. right. Um, or right. in sub-Saharan Africa or something like that. Or in New England. Or wherever. <laughs> but, it, but, but down here in the deep South, when the issues are almost exclusively white and black, mm-hmm. to have a church with Christians who are of different 
quote, races, ethnicities or tribes Mm -hmm. would be a better biblical word. Mm -hmm. And and they're all worshiping the same Lord, following the same laws, Mm. believing in the same Christ, um, partaking of the Lord's table together as one, loving each other, raising up together as one family, marrying each other. Mm-hmm. See, that is a perfect and beautiful display of the gospel. Amen. So if, you're, if your kids are being raised up in a church that has that blessing, I don't want to go so far as to say like this is, you know, if your church doesn't have diversity, you're in sin of some sort. Sure. Um, or, and you should repent. That may or may not be the case. But if That's you true. do have the blessing, I mean, it is a huge blessing. That's right. See, Capitalize on it. My kids grow up with friends of different tribes, different ethnicities. Right. So that their their mind is being shaped so that, hey, no, we're Christians. We're Christians. We don't judge people according to the uh, color of their skin. Right. We don't put them into compartments the way the world and various progressive ideologies want us to put them in. Right. You know, no, right. we, we are the church. We are in Christ. The world is in Adam. And we're advancing into that kingdom, spreading the good news of the gospel. Awesome. So, so that's huge. We start with the Imago Day. We... Try to work to end the social construct of race. Got to build a biblical Christian worldview through Christian education. That's right. That's super important. All right. What's next? Got to have. Got to be in a good biblical church that's preaching the oh, Imago Day. Absolutely. And by God's favor, is is enjoying the fruits of diversity. Which means that you can't be a part of a church that is afraid of the difficult topics. Well, you can't I, be a part of a church that's afraid to preach the whole Bible. There's going to be a lot that you're missing. Yeah. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot. And a lot that your kids are going to miss. Like, I, I would even argue that we're in the situation that we're in today as far as the anemic Southern, quote unquote, Bible Belt church, because we got scared. Like Christians historically in this area, I think, got scared and got more concerned with platform building and building large churches, buildings, organizations, paychecks, instead of preaching the difficult concepts mm-hmm. To people that might not like you when you say it, and it might mean that you don't get to be the megachurch pastor in town. It means you will not. You will not. You That's will exactly not. right. Well, the thing is, it the, the, there are certain laws of marketing, and a prophet can't be a marketer. You know, if if you a prophet can't be somebody who plays according to the rules of society. Right. A prophet has to indiscriminately rebuke. <laughs> you know, it, it's a great job, <laughs> uh, right? Just let's, as an example, we're talking to our kids. Let's try to keep this about the kids. Um, a, a cop murders um, an innocent black man, mm-hmm. or I mean, at least he didn't deserve the death penalty. Um, and now, I'm not a judge, jury, and executioner. There needs to be due process, two to three witnesses, mm-hmm. um, all of that. Two to all three of, witnesses. It's a biblical principle. All the biblical principles mm-hmm. of due process. He needs to be. Um, uh, you know, judged fairly with blind justice by a court of law. All I am is a witness. Mm-hmm. Biblically, I, there was a video. I'm one witness. I have one perspective. I could be called into court to share my one perspective. The court has to decide all the other factors, mm-hmm. autopsies, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, I'm trying to talk to my kids about that, okay? Then on the other hand, we have looting and rioting. And we have the stealing of various things and burning down neighborhoods. Yeah. As a prophet, a minister of the word of God, or just someone with intellectual honesty mm-hmm. and holding a Bible. Right. Right. I have to be able to say wrong, wrong. Right. But people have done them wrong. So. But people have done him wrong. So. Right. George Floyd was on drugs. So. Right. The looters, um, you know, they, they don't have as many resources as you might have. So. Like we we're we, if we're to be prophets, we must call sin sin. The law of God condemns us all, but then we also proclaim the gospel, which has the answer and can redeem us all mm. and build up a church comprised of both police officers and looters, or, Amen. or murderers and thieves. Amen. Um, Amen. So I hope everyone's listening to all this with grace. We're kind of just you know shooting at the hip a little bit here. People seem to be super engaged, and there's a a lot to um, to say, obviously. But um, we have to be honest with our kids, and we need to be honest as pastors as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully you have your kids in an honest church where the pastor's bold and courageous, and hopefully you're not one of those church people that's always trying to uh, troll his pastor and tone police him and make him be really quiet so that you make him shut up his mouth. Um, <laughs> you know, I, if, I, if I sniff out any sort of trolling of someone who's trying to silence me, it just makes me talk louder and harder. <laughs>
you can't you can't let people put you in that little box. And uh, pastors always have to be breaking out of the Overton window hmm. and speaking the truth of God's word. So well, let's move on. What else do we talk to our kids about? Race is a social construct. We've already said that. Got right? that. Um, but if we're going to use the term, because it is a term today, mm-hmm. uh, a term for ethnicity or tribe or something like that, um, we should we'll we'll use the term here just for the sake of argument. We have to talk to our kids about racial malice mm. or hate. Okay. Um, humans aren't born free of hate. <laughs> right. You know, we're born, and you don't have to teach a child to hate. Right. Um, a lot of people think you have to teach a child to be a racist. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> we're not born morally neutral. No, we're not, or, or morally good. Right. Um, it, a child has to be instructed and disciplined. Mm. Um, and you will have to instruct your children about the sin of hate, of malice. Mm. And in particular, if depending on the society you live in or the situations that they're in, you have to train them and instruct them in any type of, you know, you have to make sure they can recognize any sort of hate that they might have for someone who's not like them. Whether that be a different color skin or a different class, mm-hmm. you have to be able to call that sin out. You say, you, you are showing partiality to this person over here mm-hmm. because they look different than you. Mm-hmm. You have to um, instruct your child in that sin, name it for what it is, and you have to discipline it, just like you would any other sin. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's had little kids knows that little kids tell it like it is. Right. They don't know the political games that adults play. Right. <laughs> so right. You're, you're going to have an opportunity with little kids to address this, because there's going to come a point in time where they don't want to play with so-and-so, or they show partiality to so-and-so, mm. or they don't want to be friends with so-and-so because of something that is completely um, a social construct. Right. Because of some form of racial malice or racial prejudice. Absolutely. Instruct, discipline, mm-hmm. model, coach, pray for them mm-hmm. as you would for any other sin. Absolutely. Same thing with racial vainglory. That would be another one. Or racial pride. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We are all born little self-justifiers, self-righteous. Yeah. We all want to vindicate ourselves. So when we are going about this little self-justification project, we look around the room for something we can boast in. Mm. And one of the most obvious things in the room is, ah, different color skin, Mm. different heritage, different background. Look at the accomplishments of my people. Mm. We invented this and we did that and we discovered this and we did that. Or we have this, these attributes and these characteristics. See, this, that is normal to boast in racial prowess or racial accomplishment or even just the color of skin mm. or the physical features of a particular race. Mm-hmm. That's racial vainglory. It's a, a damnable sin. Mm. It also has to be called out. We, there, we have as Christians nothing to boast in but Christ. Amen. Our righteousness is imputed to us. Even Paul considered his Jewish heritage, which could be argued as better than, you know, any other heritage. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have the oracles of God, the law, the commandments. The Messiah was born as Jewish. Mm -hmm. Like if we're talking about racial boasting, you know, Paul's got his beat. But he's considered that as dung Mm. in the comparison of knowing Christ and having the righteousness of Christ imputed to him. Amen. So we have to repent of all racial vainglory. When we see it in our kids, got to call it like we see it. Got to name the sin. Point it out, instruct them in the law of God, preach the gospel to them. Mm -hmm. If they continue in it, they need to be spanked and disciplined. Amen. You have to enforce the law of God, train up their hearts in the way they should go so that when they're older, they're not filled with racial vainglory and racial malice. Right. Yeah. What are some folks saying? We have any uh, pushback? We got no pushback. We got lots of amens. Lots of amens. Um, We got a question. We got some time for some questions here. Um, You want to take that now? You want to save it for later? You ready? Um, no, we got some time. We'll, okay. we'll save a few things for later. Okay. It says, um, this is from Pastor Joe. He says, what is the biggest topic that parents miss when it comes to the topics of ethnicity and justice? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he has something in mind. <laughs> Maybe he does. <laughs> the biggest topic that is often missed. Hmm. I don't know. Drawing a blank. I'm not a quick-witted person. So the two know? races thing, I think, stands out to me a lot. 
the the, the idea of race as a social social construct. That's right. Like yeah, I think that's right. that's super easy for a lot of, um, especially contemporary American families mm-hmm. that are maybe you know new to Christianity or they're casual Christians. They're not really studied. They're not. I think that's the easiest thing to miss. Yeah. And then because of that piece, everything else falls apart. You can't have the rest of the conversation unless you can say, hey, guys, listen, this idea that the world is giving you of race is actually not biblical at all. If you can't say that, yeah. how can you say anything else? That's huge. Then yeah. You have to That's kneel huge. to everything else. That's, you have to have a biblical anthropology is what that would be. Amen. Mm. I have another one that just popped into my mind while you're talking is I think we have to instruct our kids on the history of our nation. Mm. They, they do need to understand that our nation has been... Um, you know, filled with various racial sins. We do have slavery in our nation's past. Mm-hmm. We have uh, widespread um, racism and racial prejudice against people of African descent. Mm-hmm. Um, those are historical facts. We do have, um, in the history of our nation, systemic injustices. Mm-hmm. Um, even, and we do even to this day. So we do need to help our, our children understand that the context they're living in is one with a past, it right. is one with a history. And, and some people will use that and, for good, and others will use that for ill. Sure. Um, but there is this past. Um, but then come alongside and say, now there's going to be people, this is a white parent talking to white kids, mm-hmm. there's going to be people who are going to teach you that because you're white, you have some sort of an original sin, you know, an original skin, mm-hmm. that you are condemned on account of the sins of your supposed fathers. Okay. Now, we don't, even, we don't necessarily know what individual ancestors did or whatnot, and sure. that, but that's beside the point. In doctrines of humanism today, if you are white, you share in white guilt, mm-hmm. or you share in the evil of, quote, whiteness, mm-hmm. and because you're white, you should stand condemned. Yeah. But the gospel says that the sins of the fathers do not go to the children. Oh. That the, sin, that the soul that sins, it shall die. That's one of the promises of the new covenant. Mm. So we have the blessing of God to learn from the mistakes of the past, Amen. and if necessary, individually to repent and do right. Amen. So our children need to hear the blood of Christ has received all condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you, no matter what skin you are, you have no, you don't have to pull punches. Mm. If it's a sin, you call it a sin. You don't have to play by their PC games. Mm. Nobody wants you to flatter them anyway. Nobody wants you to go around and and faux apologize. Nobody wants this faux humility. Mm. Nobody's interested in this. It's all just some sort of weird um, sham. Well, it's, you it's have all... n- you're not condemned. Mm. You have no corporate guilt because of your fathers. You are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Mm. There's no condemnation. Now be a Christian. Be a man. Be bold. Mm. Do what is right. Treat others rightly. Love your neighbor. Do justice, etc. So this is the gospel frees us to work towards actual gospel reconciliation rather than this humanistic version of reconciliation, which is completely a farce. Right. Right. So that's you, that's going to be huge. Um, I got a lot more to say, but you were about to say something there. Yeah, maybe I'll save that for later, though. Okay. I, don't, I got a really good I, I, one of the things that I do want to talk about. Somebody brought up in the comments is the the concept of privilege. And we've we've talked oh, about that would this be fun to talk about. I'd love to do that in the years past. Like, how do we put the like because there are biblical categories for this, you know, but how do we help our listeners and mm-hmm. teach their kids the biblical understanding yeah, of what privilege yeah. is. Yeah. Or where do we well, start there? Who, who, I don't know who's asking the question, but, but I spoke on this quite extensively in my sermon Sunday, last Sunday. Mm. The sermon is entitled uh, Power and Welfare in the Kingdom. Okay. And I, you'll be preaching on it this Sunday. That's right. Um, but privilege is a gift from Jesus Christ. Amen. Power is, wealth is, abundance, mm. what he calls greatness. It's a gift from God. Okay. And what does Jesus say? We don't lord it over others like the Gentile tyrants, right? but rather we leverage it for the good of others. Mm. We don't check our privilege. We leverage our, our privilege for the sake of others. Amen. We thank God for it. We do our best to pass it down to our children, mm-hmm. and we use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. This is the biblical understanding of privilege. I, this, uh, you have privilege, therefore you're guilty, and you need to grovel at the feet of uh, secularist pre- the secularist priesthood. Mm. Nonsense. Christians have got to forsake that false gospel. Mm. We, God has covenant blessings for his people. 
You can read about them in the Proverbs. You can read about them all, the, all throughout the Old Testament. They're real things. They are real blessings, blessings of long life, of abundance, of wealth, of right. greatness and power. You're not guilty because you have them. No, Jesus said, I assign to you a kingdom and thrones. Mm. If you humble yourself, he will exalt you. He is the one who raised Joseph from the prison to the palace. Mm. He didn't raise Joseph up and then Joseph say, I, you know, I forsake my power and my privilege. I'm going to, to uh, back into the prison and I'm no longer going to bear the responsibility of caring for others. No. Mm. When, if Christ gives you a throne, you leverage it. In other words, when you have a throne as a Christian, it's also a cross. You bear it. <laughs> That's if you're right. a dad, you've been given a higher position, mm. a higher privilege than a wife. Mm. It's just a fact of the hierarchy of the household. Mm. What should you do with that? It's a, You bear it like a cross. Amen. You hurt the most, you suffer the most, you initiate the most, you bear the most weight, mm. you love the most, you obey Christ the most. You are the leader. You're... <laughs> You are the one with the privilege and power. You Amen. leverage it for others. Amen. And if you're faithful with the little, God will give you more. God will elevate you through his covenantal blessings over your tyrants if mm. you will be faithful with what you have. So, Ooh. oh, I have so much to say about this. Ooh. Well, we could go. Maybe we'll save some for tomorrow and yeah. God and government. Oh, man. This but, is uh, great I stuff. Hope, I hope that, you know, maybe help that person briefly. This is not a full-scale academic no. response no, no this is a quick this is like the elevator pitch that's right and so that's right hopefully they recognize that for what it is um ah, what about systemic racism pastor stewart oh we talked about race partiality racial malice racial mm -hmm. racial vainglory these are biblical words right but what about systemic racism is there systemic racism racism or um, impartiality, I like that as a more biblical word. Okay. Impartiality built into the structures and systems of our government, our corporate world, our economic market. Mm. And the answer is yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what are the systemic injustices? See, the debate uh -oh. is not... Is there systemic injustice? Everybody agrees, I think, that there is. I think the only people that won't agree with that are just so afraid you're about to string them up. Right? You know, oh, like, they're afraid that they're the target. The, right. Uh, I, 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 I personally believe when, when white people, they're like, no systemic injustice. I, I think maybe there's a spirit of condemnation on them so that they can't speak freely. Mm. But also, I, I think they recognize there might be a political maneuver taking place here. Oh, okay. And so they're just kind of okay. like, no. Um, but no, the, the debate is not whether or not there are systemic sins. The, we're not living in the new heavens and new earth yet, okay? Okay. The question is, what are the systemic inequalities? Mm. That's what the real debate is. You have to teach your children what true justice looks like. But by what standard? <laughs> by the standard of God's law. Thank you for that softball pitch. That's right. By the standard of God's law. Amen. Um, I'll give you one example. Okay. Is there systemic injustice in a typical police force? Okay. It's a question. I'm not an expert in this field. Sure. But based on what I know of the history of unions and the way unions work and the fruits of unions, I would say that police unions, like teachers' unions, are a systemic injustice. Mm. That they favor some over the other. They build up a corporate, uh, you know, sort of a corporate mentality of CYA, you know, a CYA mentality. <laughs> um, I'm not an expert on these things, but I would just send that out as a suggestion. Police unions need to be readdressed. Hmm. The welfare system in our nation is a systemic injustice. It is um, incredibly unjust to the poor and especially to the African-American poor in our country. Hmm. It is working, um, I would say, in a, in a satanic, intentionally evil way to decimate urban populations. Hmm. Just as it worked to decimate the Indian culture in reservations, mm -hmm. it's doing the very same thing to the psychologies, to the emotions, to the families, and to the well-being and to the actual welfare of urban poor. That's a systemic injustice. Mm. Housing projects, systemic injustice. Mm. Like minimum wage, systemic injustice. So, see, now we're agreeing there's systemic injustice. Let's have a, a debate. 
Let's have peaceful protests. That's fine. But let in the war of ideas mm. and at the voting booth, let's determine what are these systemic injustices. Let's do just. But when someone says there's systemic injustices and they're saying, let's go for justice, almost always they're actually exacerbating the injustices. Mm. They are crying out for more injustice because they don't know Christ and mm. they don't know his law. They don't know the design by which the world should operate, no, so was made to operate. They point out the problems with Caesar and then they turn to Caesar for the solution. Mm. You Idols can't save you. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's systemic injustice and it does have a racial element to it. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. But... It's not what people think it is. Hmm. In fact, the things that people turn to for empowerment are the things which are enslaving them the most. Hmm. So, man, that was a bombshell for folks, so hopefully they can uh, handle that. <laughs> did, everybody, did everybody make it? <laughs> uh, let, me, let me throw out a few more. Social security, income tax, property tax, all of the systemic encouragements of rampant fornication, hmm. um, the militarization of the local police forces, hmm. um, the redistribution of wealth at the point of a sword. Hmm. All of these are systemic injustices which are hurting, as all systemic injustices, the poor the most. Hmm. That's what's hurting the poor the most. Which is interesting because it's it seems to be being advocated as this is justice for the poor people. This is how we're going to take care of them. As Christ said, Luke 22, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and they are called benefactors. Hmm. But they are not benefactors. They're tyrants. Hmm. Tyrants have always used welfare as a means of extending their reign. Hmm. It's that's why the federal funding has strings attached. That's mm. why credit card companies have rewards. This is how the tyrants <laughs> exercise dominion, uh, if you either by a gun 10, or 000. by free money. There, I have a um, so I have a business credit card. I just use it to track, track expenses. We pay it off every month. But Brandon, for every ten thousand dollars that I spend on my business credit card, the gods of debt will send me a hundred dollars. Mm. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Stay in your place. You see, it's bait on a hook. That's oh, the yeah. thing. And Absolutely. some people can. Some people are, are wise little fishies. They can take that bait right off that hook mm. and not be you know, ripped up on shore. But they have an algorithm. They know the odds. Right. They know for every bait that's lost, they're going to snag a few more. That's right. See, tyrants, evildoers, the lords of this earth, they use welfare. They use benevolence and benefaction, bread and circuses to keep the masses in their place. It's always been this way. Mm. So if we're going to talk about systemic justice, let's, hey, it's there. But now let's really talk about what is unjust mm. and let's use the standard of the Bible to do so. So that's Amen. where I made. I'm not an expert on all of these various policy things. I'm not a policy guy. I'm not a politician. Right. But um, I want to look at the Bible to determine what is just and what is not just. Amen. So, Amen. Amen. Well, last thing I think we should talk about with our kids. Um, well, a couple more things. Okay. One, just real quick. Okay. What's the solution? There's two approaches. The kingdom of Satan's solution is always violence. It's always the sword. It's always the state or the brick. The kingdom of Satan advances through revolution and through oppression. Now, do, if we have any listeners remaining, <laughs> I'm going to go over and just see. We have, we have 24,000 people listening. Oh, we still us. have some folks listening. Yeah, we, we're engaged. Think about it this way, okay? We've got to really think about this. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. He's omnipotent. He has all power. He has the Holy Spirit here on earth working in the hearts of men. He has the power of regeneration. He can give someone a new heart mm. that wants to do his will and walk, and, and walk in his statutes. And he actually can cause a person to obey him through the power of the Spirit of God, mm -hmm. giving them a new heart, leading them by his law. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. The devil has none of those powers. Okay? He's not sovereign. He can't change hearts. He, he cannot, he's not omnipresent or omnipotent. Mm. He's like a mob boss trying to get various members of the mob to do what he wants. So how do you get, how does a thief get other thieves to stay in line? You know, how does a mob boss rule? How do you rule when you can't change hearts? Mm. 
how do you keep you have to use force right you have to use compulsion and coercion that makes perfect sense you see that's why satan has always used this power of the state to advance his reign hmm this is why satan has always used the sword and the brick revolution and tyranny to do his bidding but what does the lord use regeneration hmm. the preaching of the gospel Amen. And the law of God. He just uses the sword that comes from his mouth, mm. the word of his church. Mm-hmm. See, that's the way forward is not with a sword or a brick. You know, the way forward is not through revolution or through tyranny and oppression or compulsion by the state. Mm-hmm. The church does, doesn't need to worry so much about who controls the uh, political offices. We don't need to be obsessed about this. Oh, what wow. we need to be obsessed about is proclaiming the law and the gospel. That's how the Holy Spirit works, to regenerate the hearts of men and mm. to reform a nation. Amen. It's revival or bust. That's it. It's revival or bust. You got two options. And God brings revival through pulpits proclaiming the good news of the gospel Amen. and the law of God to a nation. Amen. So when we're talking to our kids about the way forward, we always have to say, guys, guys, this is not the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't go into a voting booth thinking that voting booths change nations. This is going to fix you know, all my hearts problems. change nations. Mm. God changes hearts. Amen. Right. We, what we should do is go into church telling our children this is what changes a nation. Ooh. But <laughs> don't even get me. Don't, yeah, we already know where this is headed. Oh, right? man. Okay. What, <laughs> what we should do is when we go to the Lord's table, we say, you know what, children? We are in a covenant with Jesus. Mm. Here are the symbols of this covenant. He's going to be good to us. You know what he's told us, kids? The meek shall inherit the earth. Did I say the meek shall storm the capital and take the earth? Nope. Did I say the meek will arrest the the earth by power and force and political might in the voting booth? No. Inherit. Free gift. Mm. We'll take it. Just like this stuff right here on the table. Amen. It's a free gift. Jesus is working his will. So rest in him. Sing your, sing your brains out. Amen. Worship him. Obey him. He'll bring. He will set us free from tyranny. Mm. We we don't need to trust in the uh, methods of man. Amen. We need to trust in His covenant blessings that He's promised us to. See, if the churches would get back, look, if the churches would get back to covenant theology, they could get over this liberation theology. Mm. If they get back to covenant theology, they could get over this sentimentality, this mushy gushy well, nonsense. I think the danger this political is obsession. The covenant da- theology is the way forward. The danger is that we don't even know that we're in liberation theology. We don't even know where we are like do you get what i'm saying we yeah. don't have categories we're not able to dig that deep enough into the scriptures we're not we're so anemic in the south man biblically illiterate oh yeah everywhere everywhere and last but not least you got to talk to your kids about the police officers they are the ministers of christ to do justice it would be a shame if you raised kids that suspected every police officer amen you want to know what happens if you don't have police officers Something way worse than tyranny, anarchy. Mm. It's much worse. A tyrant is only has so much, you know, ground he can cover. Mm-hmm. But anarchy, you know, tyrants everywhere. Right. You have to have the minister of of, of Christ to execute justice, mm-hmm. and the minister of Christ should stop uh, looters and thieves should stop people destroying their own neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. He should stop oppression and do justice as it pertains to someone committing a murder. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is good. It is good for our society. So we have to make sure our kids don't grow up with any sort of a hate towards the government. We can call the government to uh, repent and -hmm. we can call civil authorities to obey Jesus Christ, but we don't hate uh, civil authorities or civil officials. Amen. 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 So a lot there to talk about, fellas, folks, ladies, ladies, men, gents, lots everybody. to talk about. Yeah, man. Can you? I would imagine some folks might be just kind of overwhelmed by all of this. Yeah. Well, we have folks asking for additional resources, actually. So you can Christ kinda... Church Academy. Boom! <laughs> kaboom! Kaboom! I think that's this great. is an eight to five. All of life, little child, all the way up through college, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you cannot um, drop the ball on your child's discipleship mm. and think they're just going to um, pick this up by osmosis. Right. What they're going to pick up by osmosis is the world. Right. And the philosophies of this world. 
classical Christian education, rigorous, faithful, consistent. This is the key. This is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, this is not a solution that is going to, this is not going to be solved in one little book here, one little book there. This is a worldview. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, even as much as they've got to be trained in how to think. One thing that's been so tragic in all of this is that Christians can't read. I'm serious. Mm. Half of our problems become from Christians not being able to read. Right. You know, this, I've been accused of so many things over the years, but sometimes I just wonder, are you able to read? Like, <laughs> is hate clouding your mind? Sure. Or are you truly struggling with functional literacy? Mm. Like People can't read. They don't know how to think. They can't string thoughts together. Mm. They can't um, understand arguments and conclusions. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have to teach our children how to read, Mm -hmm. how to think, and we got to teach them the scriptures, and we have to integrate all of the subject matters with Christ. That's the beauty of classical Christian education. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to reject classical Christian education or, or let's just say if they want to reject Christian education and swallow government education, I can't help them mm-hmm. unless there's going to be some form of repentance. I can't help them. There's no book that's going to fix that. Mm-hmm. They, they need to embrace Jesus's command to raise their children up in the instruction and the discipline of the actual Lord, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, Amen. not Caesar. So. Oh, that one that was that was gentle. That was kind. <laughs> I think so. Done. Well, that's good. I'm trying to see if we got any more thoughts, questions. Do you have any um like so let's say that we have adults listening who can't go back to elementary school. What would be <laughs> <laughs> what would be their trajectory? Right, right. Uh, well, maybe uh, maybe we'll have to put up put together a little list for them. Yeah. Is there any any does anybody mention any particular issue or particular uh, field of study? Um, I'm not seeing anything specific yet. I, I think one thing they could do is since they're paying our salaries to do this sort of stuff, they could make sure that they they get a hold of all the resources that we offer. That'd be a good thing. That would be that would That'd be, be a great idea. Uh, That's there's right. another um some of the ladies at church with the Life Givers uh, Women's Ministry. They're mm. doing a, a a Bible reading plan this summer where they read through the entire New Testament. Mm. That's great. Some of the stuff we're talking about here is worldview. It's higher level things, and we're just sort of just fire hosing people with it. Mm. It takes a long time to build up the scaffolding to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they could get a, a good systematic theology where it, it lays out biblical anthropology. Mm. I bet Pastor Joe would do that for us. He would probably throw some systematic theologies on the comment fr- uh, uh, thread for us. Go ahead, Pastor Joe. You Knock get that in that out. systematic theology and you and you read biblical anthropology. Mm-hmm. Another one would be biblical homartiology or the study of sin. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the understanding of of how sin works mm. and what we're born with. Right. I think that would be huge. Those are the basics. Right. Those are the basics. Maybe we could start even more basic. Um, go to church. Mm. That would be a good one. Legalist. <laughs> <laughs> Go to church. End of discussion. <laughs> Listen to the resources. Get and, and when you go to church, go early, stay late. Yeah. Be absolutely. attentive. Hang in there. Yeah, if you're not even trying that, then we can't. I we can't help you. We can't help you. Mm. Amen. That's good. Good, good. Um well, got any others on here? Casey Lynn's got a question. She does? Or it's a statement. I missed it. And we as adults need to repent for where we have perpetuated partiality and lack of discipleship. Amen. Good, good. Amen. And Derek Taylor, one of my new friends <laughs> in real life and on Facebook, he says that we are terrible at making friends. <laughs> He's not wrong. It's not a wrong statement. Hey, all my neighbors like me. It's true. True statement. And my wife likes me. Uh, hey, you know what? Those are the ones that count. That's, that's what really matters. I like it. Amen, amen. I, f- I feel like I'm liked by people that know me in real life. I like you. Aww. Yeah, usually, like, usually. <laughs> I feel, I like you too, man. Aw, love fest. Oh, Bro man. fest right here, you guys. Oh, look at that. Pastor Joe has dropped the book recommendation for the biblical doctrine of man. Thanks, Pastor Joe. Re-enchanting humanity by Owen Strachan? Str- Strachan? 
Stretch. We will have to ask Pastor Joe to forgive you for your butchering <laughs> of Owen Strachan's name. Strahan. Stra- I, I Strahan? No I have no idea. There's a C in there. Yeah. Surely it's not Strahan. <laughs> That's and Carrie Smith says that she likes us as well. Oh, man, we're feeling the love. That's right. That's um, right. Well, now, since ending on a high note, ending on where we're like today, I think is a good spot. <laughs> hey, but hey, guys, before we go, just remember, look, those kids have been given to you Amen. by Jesus Christ. It is a stewardship. Amen. And you only have so many years Use every teaching moment you can to teach them biblically sound doctrines. Amen. You you give them the Bible. You may not be able to figure out how, how all of this stuff connects, but you give them the Bible and you help them see biblical doctrines mm-hmm. and the Lord will be faithful. Amen. If you're faithful, he'll be faithful. Trust me. So Amen. take on that charge. Raise up your children's. Teach them about the Imago Dei. Teach them about the sins of partiality or... or um, uh, self vain glory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, teach them to do good in this world and uh, to love Christ. Amen. 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 Guys, thank you all so much for being a part of the show this week. Great show. Lots of engagement. Really um, excited to see where we're going with this over the next few weeks. Don't forget tomorrow, God and government. I imagine we'll be doing a little bit more of the same kind of kind of bent. Um, But if you tune in tomorrow, 11 o'clock here on Christchurch Media Page, if you're listening on our podcast feed, we do these shows live, Household and Homestead, every Tuesday at 11. We do God and government every Wednesday at 11. And we've got a handful of other shows that drop live on our Christchurch media page on Facebook every single week. So we're happy to be here with you guys. Um, if you got any questions, feel free to email me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. You can also go to wearechristchurch.com slash media to ca- check out all our other resources, or you can go to sermonaudio.com and search We Are Christchurch to get connected to, I would even say, thousands and thousands of resources. Do thousands. we have? Are we in thousands? I feel like we're in we thousands, thousands by this point. I, but some of those resources are from early in my pastoral ministry, and I might need to go clean some of those out. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> They're not terrible. Just kind of a little vanilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little boring. Got to get in there. But thank you guys again so much for being with us, and we will see y'all see next, you next time. time.